Welcome back to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, brought to you by the IDP Army Podcast Network. We are back. College football season has come to a close, effectively, for draft purposes. There is still championship weekend, which we'll talk about a few of those games. Um, Then bowl season starts while players start opting out that are going to get prepared for the draft. So we'll have a lot more to talk about now. But, I mean, draft season in my opinion, has officially started because we have a whole group of information from almost all of these players. Some of them are going to be in important games next weekend, but most of them are not. So we will get to see finally and talk about finally what we're talking, you know, what we actually know going into this draft. It's great to be back, but first, let's tell you. Welcome back in. It's been a couple weeks. I've been off. Um, technical difficulties is just what I will say. But we are back with a vengeance. Um, and there's a lot to get back into. I, I could recap the last two weeks. Um, Hendon Hooker got hurt. Blake Karum got hurt. You know, people got exposed that we didn't necessarily think we we're going to get exposed. The our Dynasty RB number one has officially solidified himself. Um we never actually saw the, you know, JSN saga actually come to fruition in any point in the season. Um, you know, let's just start there. Let's just start with there. Um, Ohio State lost to Michigan last weekend. It was a blowout. A lot of people are saying, they're saying Ohio State shouldn't be in the playoff. I actually think Ohio State should be in the playoff um, because Ohio State was one in the first half. And sure, at the end of the game, they did give up you know, some ridiculously long touchdowns. Um, It kind of looked like a dominant performance for Michigan there at the end, but I still think, you know, Ohio State's body of work, they did not have Travion Henderson. They still don't have Jackson Smith and Jigba. I know that they have Marvin Harrison Jr. and C.J. Stroud and all them. They should have been able to figure it out, but they didn't. And they won't be in the Big Ten Championship game because Michigan will be there. But I would rather have them than Alabama. People seem to forget how Alabama has been squeaking out some of these games. This is not a talented Alabama team. Not that I don't think they'd have a chance because they definitely would, but it's a matter of deserving at this point. And if Ohio State is out and, and Alabama is in, I just I think that's just kind of ridiculous. I don't know. But anyway, let's get to the actual players. We're, t- we're here to talk about Dynasty. So Jackson Smith and Jigba, we have zero evidence that he is ready to play football. Um, last year, obviously he had six, 1600 yards, the bowl game. He had, you know, that ridiculous stat line is like 300 and something yards. And we saw exactly who we thought he was going to be last season. This season he gets hurt in the first game and he gets, you know, did not play, did not practice, tried to play, did not play, just kept kicking down the, the can down the road per se. Um, I know I, for one, thought when he did come back, is he even going to be the number one? Because Marvin Harrison Jr. looks like an absolute lock of a wide receiver one in the draft. You know, he's not eligible this year, but when he is eligible, he looks like the absolute lock wide receiver one. And we just kept kicking down the can down the road, and we're just like, okay, we'll eventually see him, right? He's eventually got to come back and, you know, give some tape for some of the scouts at least to talk about, right? Like, he's got to come back. He never came back. 
never came back. I don't really see why he would come back for the bowl game. You know, I guess if it is a playoff game, maybe he could come back by then. That's January. If he's not on the field in January, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just, it's weird to me. It's one of the weirder stories ever because he was the wide receiver one going into this class. I mean, Mel Kiper had him. A lot of people had him. I think Mel Kiper actually had Jordan Addison number one. Me too, by the way. Actually, no. Jackson Smith the Jigba was number one. It, Jordan Addison kind of came on to me more towards the mid, middle of the season. But JSN was a lot of people's pick to be the number one wide receiver in this class. But he didn't play. I don't think we've ever had that. Now, you can point to Players in the past, like Drake London, for example, last season, played like seven or eight games and then got hurt when he played Notre Dame. Drake London went on, still ended up, you know, the number one uh, wide receiver in the draft. He was still fine, but he was killing it prior to getting hurt. We have an entire season without Jackson Smith and Jigbo. So, and it wasn't like he tore an ACL and was recovering. You know, it wasn't like needing to have surgery and he got back onto the field. He did not play at all. And he was nursing and rehabbing an injury the entire season. I don't know what to make of this. It's one of the stranger things I've ever seen. I, I can't put like a lot of people and he may even get drafted as the number two wide receiver. I still, I think Jordan Addison's ran a run away with number one. I think Quentin Johnson, in my opinion, is number two. And then we can start talking at number three between JSN, Kayshawn Booty, Josh Downs, who I think is still a really fantastic wide receiver from North Carolina. Um, Drake May, I mean, love Josh Downs this season. That was a that connection was made in heaven. And so I don't really know what to do with Jackson Smith and Jig, but this this pre-draft process for him is going to be one of the weirder things ever. Because how do you judge a player based off of like him training, like him just showing up and doing workouts? you can't always take what he does, what players do on the field as like, that is, you know, it's not a one-to-one. So I'm not saying that it's done for him. It's just weird because we've never experienced anything like this. Every draft person thought he would hit the field at some point again this season. He never did. I mean, he did. He just never really like flashed, you know, he like would catch a pass and then he'd be done for the day. He'd run a couple routes and then be done for the day. I would love for him to come out and say that he was just, saving up his body and making sure he was a one for the draft. Didn't want to get himself hurt. If he actually came out and said that after the season, I'd be like, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense compared to what ended up happening, which is just him not playing the whole season. And we got to see these other wide receivers flourish in this offense with CJ Stroud, where we didn't see him at all. I think it will. I don't think we'll ever see something like this again, or if it, does happen like does that mean in the future if a player has a really good season in their second year or their first year do they just kind of like pedal out that season the this quote-unquote senior season that they have to do before they get drafted i don't know i don't know because you put jackson smith and jigba's tape from last year in front of people people are gonna be like okay that's obviously wide receiver one but he didn't play this season so what does that mean I don't know. I don't want to spend any more time on this. It's very strange. It's something we're going to be. I'm going to be monitoring this entire time because he's it's not like he's going to go to the Senior Bowl. He's not going to go to a, a Shrine Bowl. I, I'm very interested to see if he goes to whatever bowl game Ohio State. If they're not in the playoff, I don't think he comes back for sure. I think he for sure will prepare for the draft. But I really don't know if they're in the playoff. Does he play? Don't know. 
stay tuned. We'll figure this one out as Ohio State either gets in or is not in uh, the playoff. All right, let's move on to more positive things, right? Um, Bijan Robinson, obvious dynasty running back number one. That kid is amazing. He, he's just really good. He looks so much better from the beginning of the season when he was like that raw running back. He looks like Saquon Barkley. I mean, he looks like automatic. I don't know how teams are going to – like I've heard a lot of people saying Jameer Gibbs might go over ahead of Bijan Robinson, and I just don't understand how that's possible. I really don't. It feels like the like literally if it happens, guys, I'm just I'm gonna be completely honest with you. This is a Clyde Edwards Hilaire over Jonathan Taylor situation again. Like it's gonna happen again if that ha- if if Jameer Gibbs goes over Bijan Robinson because Bijan Robinson is him. Like he is the guy. He is got that dog in him. He's got every piece of the puzzle that you want on your team for him to be a successful running back and for dynasty purposes. He's obviously number one, obviously. Like, it's not even a question, and it won't be. There won't even be a question when it comes to the draft. You know, even if he lands with a team that has an established running back, I just – there's no shot you're not taking him. Last year, you know, when we were talking Ken Walker and really any of the running backs last year, even Brees Hall, we were like, well, you know, it kind of depends on where they land. Like, is the situation going to be good? Like, you know, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? And it, you know, you if you took Ken Walker, are you complaining? Heck no. If you took, I mean, even Damian Pierce, like who kind of did tail off, has tailed off towards the end of the season, but he still had his apex was amazing during the middle of that season. And you know, if you took Brees Hall, even if he ended up with the Jets with Michael Carter there, you're still really happy with that. I mean, he got hurt, but like. Before he got hurt, it was amazing. It was an amazing thing. So, like, those guys were question marks. This is not a question mark with B. John Robinson. He is going to play. He is a strong physical running back. You need to be trading. Whoever's got the number one pick in your dynasty league, you need to be talking to them. Like, hey, what's this going to take? Because I'm telling you, you're, if you, especially if you need running back help, if you even just want to, like, a good dynasty team, you're going to need to start talking to them because that player in B. John Robinson – he is, is going to be worth a lot. I mean, he's coming in here fully loaded, ready to go. And, I mean, he's the best running back prospect we've had in quite some time. Very excited for him. Um, moving off of B. John Robinson, though, I love this running back class. Like, I love the depth of this running class. His backup, Roshan Johnson, who's going to be at the Senior Bowl, he's not even in my top ten right now. He could easily be the, like, fourth or fifth best running back in this class, and he's behind Bijan. Like, Bijan – created such a like a tree to shade out the rest of that backfield and Roshan Johnson's just kind of wiggled and waggled his way into being a really solid running back behind him but he just didn't get the opportunity because Bijan was there I mean, you can't really do much about that that's just who he is so the second best running back in this class in my opinion is Zach Charbonnet for UCLA I think he came back for his senior season. He was going to be the fourth or fifth best running back last season. We weren't really sure in that draft last season. He decided to come back to school, went to UCLA, thought he was going to, you know, improve his draft stock. I don't know if he improved his, like, actual NFL draft stock, but he definitely improved his dynasty draft stock because I think this is a top ten player in drafts. Like, I, he is a three-down back. I think he's going to have an ascendance kind of like – uh, Damian Pierce did. I, I'm not seeing a lot of dynasty player. Like I've seen a lot of like way too early mock drafts and stuff. I'm not seeing him up as high as I think he will be by the time drafts come around. He will definitely be in the top 10, I believe. 
Um, and we'll do a mock draft as the season goes on. Believe me, if you, if you have been enjoying just kind of the talking college football, this is about a ramp up. I'm gonna, I'm going to be talking about draft stuff all the way up into it. So Zach Charbonnet, I think I'm in, I'm planting my flag early. It's it's going to be you know mark this down. This is the November 28th. Zach Charbonnet is going to be something in the NFL. I think he's going to be a top 10 running back in the dynasty class. Just mark it. Just mark it. Just saying. Um, number three on my list is Jameer Gibbs. Look, I, I'm still there. There's some games I'm really impressed with Jameer Gibbs. There's some games where I think he's just a straight runner that is going to fall down at the, the line. But, you know, we've been seeing Brian Robinson this year for Washington, who I thought was absolutely terrible at running the football. He's been solid. I mean, not the best. Obviously, what happened to him before the season was very not great, but he's been solid, and I've kind of enjoyed watching him run, and I think Jameer Gibbs is a better pass catcher than Brian Robinson, and I think he's a better version of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is probably how I would say it for now. We'll see. You know, He's got to show more as the season goes on. Um, number four on my list is Sean Tucker from Syracuse. Um, a lot of people have him as their second best running back in this class. Can't say I disagree. He's definitely been solid this season. Um, he's not really had the like flashiest season. He's just one of those guys that grinds out yards. And I think I can get behind that. Um, speaking of grinding out yards, that's Blake Karum from Michigan, number five on the list. Um, I've been big fan of Blake Karum. He did get hurt and was able to play some of the Ohio state game. I think he started, but was able to finish and, I mean, what he's done this season is nothing short of amazing. I think we all were kind of confused about Hassan Haskins. You know, when he was at Michigan last season, he was really killing it too. And then when he got to the league, he sat behind Henry. He hasn't really gotten in the game much. They haven't even, like, even the the downs that they spell Henry hasn't really been the Hassan Haskins show. So we're kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. Is that how all Michigan running backs? I think Blake Karam's better than that. So, I'm reserving judgment. I think Blake Crum's a fantastic running back, and I cannot wait to see what he does. Um, the next three, I'll just kind of group them together. Tank Bigsby's number six. Seven is Devin Achain from Texas A&M. And number eight, Zach Evans. Uh, the problem I have with Evans and uh, Achain are I, they weren't always the best running backs um, on their own team, which is kind of concerning. But, you know, it happens. Tank Bigsby – there's a lot of situational awareness that needs to be worked on, but I think the talent is there for him to be a top running back, but I guess we'll see. Um, rounding out the list is Chase Brown, Mo Ibrahim, Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky, and Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. This is kind of our wild card section of the program. Um, I believe these guys all are really great running backs, but I don't really know what they're going to be yet. Um, luckily, Chase Brown and Chris Rodriguez are going to be at the Senior Bowl, so I'll get to kind of see exactly, you know, if – what what we're needing to see from them, you know, that's all the senior bowls for just to see Brian Robinson was there last season. Can't say I, I was totally bought in after that practice, but he ended up, you know, being the number one in Washington. Um, who else was at that practice? Uh, oh, Damian Pierce. I immediately fell in love with Damian Pierce. If you listen to this show, Damian Pierce was one of our winners from the senior bowl. We were immediately, Joe and I were head over heels for that guy. He was amazing. So, that is really strong. I'm excited to see if Deuce Vaughn joins him. Maybe Mo Ibrahim. They both could end up at the Senior Bowl. They're both of age. Um, hopefully they will because Deuce Vaughn is very fascinating. Um, he is so fast and so versatile. I'm just really interested to see what he 
ends up with. Um, okay, let's talk about running our quarterbacks real quick because this list is bizarre and it's only going to get weirder, I think, as the time goes on. Um, C.J. Stroud is my number one. I don't love it. There's a lot of holes in C.J. Stroud's game, but I think even if he ends up as the number two quarterback in this class, which a lot of people are already vaulting Bryce Young up, I cannot blame them. Can't blame them. Bryce Young, yes. Uh, um, so number two for me is actually Hendon Hooker still. And I get it. He tore his ACL, so he's not going to get to participate in a lot of the pre-draft process, if any at all. I mean, he tore it two weeks ago, so I don't really think he's going to be able to do much by March. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to throw for anybody or anything, but he'll definitely be able to do interviews. I think the like special part of Hendon Hooker is his his brain actually like I I think his ability to assess situations to read the field is way better than people gave him credit for and are still giving him credit for. I get that he's old. We can continue to go down the path of he's old, and we all know Brandon Whedon was old and he was a bust. We I. We don't need to keep bringing all that up. I get it, and it's going to be a major talking point during the entire pre-draft process. I understand. The thing is, is like I think his ability to adapt and just be good right away is going to be underrated because, you know, I saw what he did with the talent he had at Tennessee this year. He made Jalen Hyatt into a running back that people are going to use and people are going to, like, consider, you know, really a nice – wide receiver at the next level just because of what he did, even though he Jalen Hyatt going into the season, nobody even knew really who that was. Just saying that's, I don't want to, you know, people knew him. They did not know him as the wide receiver that he ended up being. So number three for me is Bryce Young. Uh, I don't really have a problem with Bryce Young's game. I love his ability to think outside the pocket to do, you know, make the most of what was ended up being a bad roster at Alabama. But the problem is, and this is just I'm just throwing it out there. If we're gonna if we're gonna get Dane Kyler Murray for being short, then we gotta Dane Bryce Young for being short. He's not as fast as Kyler Murray either. Um, is he a better thrower of the football? We can make question marks about that. Um, I do think he can read a field better than Kyler Murray, but at the same time, college is different than the pros. Kyler Murray could re- read a really good defense when he was at Oklahoma. He got to the pros. The, the height thing has been an issue. Call of Duty has also been an issue. I understand it. The jokes write themselves for that guy. But I just think that if we're going to ding Kyler Murray for his height, then we got to ding Bryce Young because I don't care how much they stretch his feet out at the combine and stretch his ankles out and stretch his legs out and stretch everything, every part of his body out to make him taller. It's going to be really tough to convince people that he's above 5'11". Because I just don't see it. I just don't see it. He, he's, he's listed at six foot. I saw him stood next to Kyler Murray. He looks shorter than Kyler Murray. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe you know. Maybe that was a lot of people have said. Maybe Kyler Murray was standing on something to make him taller. I have no clue why they would do that. That that sounds so ridiculous. But who knows? Maybe that did happen. Maybe he's wearing lifts in his shoes. Who knows? Um, but again, gonna be prepared to see those measurements. Um, number four right now, and this is the most controversial one on this list, is Will Levis from Kentucky. 
I'm only doing it because some like every draft expert that is getting paid to do this, which I am not, is saying that he's going to be a top possible top ten player in the draft. I don't get it at all. I don't see it. He's not particularly talented. I know that there that everybody's like, but his frame and his build and his footwork and his arm, I get all of it. Why is he not better? Like it doesn't make any sense to me that he is not better at playing football and making his team better. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like how, how will that make sense in the long run? If he can't even make this Kentucky team better, how is he going to make a, whatever team's going to be picking in the top 10 better? I just don't get it. And I think we can all see it coming from a mile away. So it's like, why make the same mistake that every other GM has made in the past where they take this guy who was not talented at all in college and then try to make him something like, I'm sorry, like Mitch Trubisky was something like this at North Carolina. He wasn't particularly talented at North Carolina, but he ended up being a top two pick. Zach Wilson, uh, those BYU teams, they should have been a lot better, but they weren't. Um, and he did have impressive numbers. I understand that. He wasn't good. And I think it's okay that we can admit that. Like, it's fine. He's just not good. He'll be at the Senior Bowl, too. I will, am pumped to see him. We watched all those quarterbacks play last year. None of them looked good. So we should know right away if they if any of them look good. By the way, that should that, that told me everything I need to know about all of these people that, that try to do the draft and try to, like – because literally me and Joe were down there. We literally watched all of those quarterbacks play. We said to each other, I am not impressed. I do not get what how any of these quarterbacks are going to go in the first round, much less three or four of them. And we, you know, voila, we ended up only having one. And that's because Mike Tomlin was there literally talking to Pickett and Willis, and he didn't pick Willis, which was weird. Thought it was definitely going to be him based on the conversations with people we were having down there. But whatever, he picked Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett has not exactly been lighting it up, but whatever. Neither here nor there. Number five on this list is Anthony Richardson. Now, this is a potential vault situation. I think he is going to fly up draft boards by the time it's all said and done because he is not showing off his legs anymore. He is just showing off his passing ability. And while the stat sheet is not particularly going to, you know, he did not light it up, did not light up the stat sheet nine for 22 in his last game, for example, but some of his throws, his mechanics just look fantastic. And, that is something you cannot take away from him. That is something that, you know, we're going to be fawning over. I think he is going to light up every single one of his workouts. I think he, you know, his ability to run is nothing. Like, that is just, we're going to, we're baking that into the pie. Like, that's already in there. Now we just have to see his ability to throw. And I think the last few weeks especially, he has shown a lot. I mean, when they played Tennessee, 400 total yards. It's insanity. Like, pure insanity. Will Levis only threw for 92, three interceptions against the same defense. I'm just saying it is what it is. People are going to – talent around him. But Anthony Richardson doesn't have any talent around him. He has young talent around him. He has okay wide receiver, not talent around him, and he was able to put up those kind of yards. So Anthony Richardson is number five right now, but I think he might be two or three by the time it's all said and done. All right, this is the line of demarcation in the first round, in my opinion. I thought it was going to be seven. I came on this podcast early before the season even started and said, 
seven quarterbacks in this class. I think we're down to five. I think it's five. Now, there's people at a certain PFF that are going to try to tell you that uh, Tanner McKee from Stanford is going to be a first-round quarterback. I'm here to tell you there's no way in hell that's going to happen. So don't think we need to worry about him. Um, Stanford's coach just resigned after 15 years of being there, and I, you know, it's like, well, okay, first-round quarterback and the coach resigns. That's just such a weird thing to happen, you know, very strange. Um, but, yes, we end at five. That's it. So Sam Hartman will be after that. Grayson McCall, Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA. And then after this, we got kind of the, like, are they going to stay in school? Are they going to come to the to draft portion, like Tyler Van Dyke, Phil Jerkovic? Um, there's a few others that we'll get into as the draft season. We, we need to figure out who's actually staying and who's actually going to the draft first until, you know, we make this list final. But those top five are definitely going to go – I all of them in the first round, I believe. So those are kind of lock it ends. Um, Sam Hartman. I like, I like him a lot. A lot of his throws look good. I just think he's going to need a lot of work in the, uh, he's going to need a lot of work in the pre-draft process to make people believe in him. All right. I'm going to quickly go through the tight ends. Cause I think there's only about five. We need to talk about right away. Michael Mayer is a first round uh, tight end. He is going to be draftable. Probably wouldn't say higher than the second round. Dalton Kincaid is my number two. He's not a lot of other people's number two. I just think he is a a good wide receiver, and he, he's a he's a wide receiver tight end. Like he he is good at receiving. He does not need to necessarily be uh, you know just blocking to be good. I like Dalton Kincaid. He is my guy. Uh, Darnell Washington's number. two. Three on my list right now from Georgia. He's a lot of people's number two. I get it. He is a gigantic freak, um, and he can catch the ball as well. Um, he's been outshadowed a little bit by Brock Bowers in that department, but I think that as the time goes on, I think Darnell Washington will show exactly what a six-seven tight end can do for your football team. Um, Jaheim Bell from South Carolina is number four on my list. Um, he's been hurt a lot of the season, so we haven't really gotten to see him as much. I'm going to be more interested to see exactly what that's going to look like. And then Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State. A lot of other people like him more than me. Um, I think there's a couple people lower on the, on my current list that I think I like more, but I have to, I have to factor in what the draft people are saying when I'm making my assumptions. You know, I, I, I factored in a little bit, but not, you know, not a whole lot. Um, all right, so just a couple minutes left. Let's just wrap up with the defensive players because I think these are pretty much all shook out at this point. Might be a few changes come, you know, the draft, but we'll see what happens. I've seen some wild, like wild variants in where people are taking defensive players right now in their mock drafts, so I don't even know what to make of it. But I can tell you this, Will Anderson is number one for everyone. I think he's going to get in there and be an immediate impact player. I think we're looking at like a, a Micah Parsons level threat, I guess is what I would call it. Like somebody who's going to come in and immediately be useful. I don't think he's going to have to work into an offense. I think he's going to be, or not work into a defense. He's going to be the defense. Like he's going to be, he's going to be him. Kayvon Thibodeau was good. In Hutchinson's been fantastic. They are both not Will Anderson. So when Will Anderson gets into an actual locker room in the NFL, I think he's going to be good right away. After him, we got Miles Murphy from Clemson. I've really liked his game. Clemson's defense um, has 
really been useful for Miles Murphy. Uh, number three is Andre Carter from Army. We've talked a lot about him. He will be at the Senior Bowl as well, which I'm excited for because I, you know, you watch the highlights from last year. He has not had an amazing season this year, which is okay. Um, but, you know, I am more interested to see the player when he's at, you know, towering over people at the Senior Bowl. Um Rounding out the top five, we got Felix and Duque Uzama. A lot of people are not high on him, but I'm telling you, I've watched him play, and I'm telling you, there is no shot he is not going to be useful next season. There's just no way. And then Jared Verse from Florida State. I've seen some people have him in the third round. I've seen some people have him in the first round. Right now, I'm leaning more towards the first round, but there was really just one game that kind of made Jared Verse a season, and then the rest of it's kind of just been, yeah, you know. A um, couple others on this list, though. Nolan uh, Smith, Torres Peck. I believe he'll be back for the actual combine. Not positive about that. But something to monitor. Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. I've seen some. I'm a mock draft today where Tyree Wilson was a top three draft pick. That is bananas to me. Bananas. I cannot believe that. But I like the talent. Um, and then Isaiah Foskey, uh, I really am interested to see exactly if he, uh, what he's able to do in to separate himself in the pre-draft. Uh, linebackers, Trenton Simpson, Drew Sanders, Noah Sewell. Those are the only three you really need to know. This is not a great linebacker class. If you really need a linebacker on your team, one of these guys is going to pop, but I'm telling you, we don't have a Devin Lloyd. We don't have, we don't really have any guys that like I'm immediately ready to put into a dynasty team and say like, this is going to change your linebacking spot. It might take some development, take a little bit of time, you know, like Jack Campbell from Iowa, been very interested to see with him, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, And then to round us out, we'll do the defensive backs. Um, I think this is a three horse race. Uh, Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M safety should be solid. Jordan battle, from Alabama, and Brandon Joseph from Notre Dame. I think Brandon Joseph might be the best safety in this class. Um, He did a pretty good job replacing Kyle Hamilton this year at Notre Dame. But, you know, he wasn't wasn't Kyle Hamilton, which some may argue is a good thing because Kyle Hamilton's not exactly been lighting it up, um, even though PFF was somehow able to find a way to make him the number one graded safety this year, which is, you know, by anybody listening right now, it was hilarious to see it's quite the gymnastics uh, uh, gymnastics routine to get him to be the number one safety because he does not exactly play as many snaps as he possibly could. But Antonio Johnson, Jordan Battle, Brandon Joseph, those are the three that are in the, in the fight to be the number one DB in this class. Joey Porter Jr. is a cornerback. He's been great this year for Penn State. Keely Ringo, I'm going to continue to say that guy is really good because I've seen – Keely Ringo take over a game. He can take out players. I think he is a sauce gardener level cornerback. I don't think he's quite as good, but I do think that he is just below that. You know, I wouldn't even say he's the light version. I just say he's like, you know, there's Gardner. And then I think he's better than uh, Stingley for sure. I think he's better than him. He's just not quite Gardner level. And then Brian Branch from Alabama and the other safety on the other side of battle. Um, both of them have been solid this year, but we'll see which one remain, remains supreme. However, that is the end of the season rankings. We have 
massive content coming up on this feed coming up here. As we get more information, we will be making, uh, we got a mock draft coming out soon. With me and Joe, we're going to go through each third. Well, got 31 picks this year. That's going to take a minute for me to get used to because Miami's pick is forfeited. So wherever they draft, that player is not getting, you know, they don't actually get somebody to draft there. So it's 31 picks this year. We're going to go through all 31, do our way too early mock draft. Cannot wait to do that. Um, and then after the season's over in the NFL, we're going to hit the ground running. We're going to be getting really deep into these rookies. There's like, I, I cannot wait. We're going to do, I'm going to do an entire episode, not even counting. Like I'm going to take the top 10 out of it. And we're just going to talk about everybody that's under that because there is so many like wide receivers. Like I, I, before I get off this podcast, I was reading through Chad Forbes, who is the NFL draft scout on Twitter and I was reading through is he says it's a very light draft class for wide receiver. I just, it's hard. It's hard for me to buy into that. I just, I see some of these guys that are like 15th and I'm like, man, he has a real case to be like a top five wide receiver. Like there's a case. It's not good case, mind you, but there is a case. And I don't know. I just, it's interesting to see that. I, I just, everybody seems all over the place. And there's so many people that seem knowledgeable about the draft. And I'm, I'm beginning to find out that, we're doing the exact same thing that they're doing here. Basically they're just like talking to anonymous sources and their anonymous sources don't really know anything until closer to the draft. So they're basically just kind of going off of like, I heard Seattle wants a linebacker. And so they just figure out of a linebacker and it's like, okay, well we could have all done that at our house. So, that, you know, that's cool. So I will continue on this draft. Believe me, this is an open book. We are not hiding anything here. We are just letting all the information out there, and you can use it as you wish. But I'm signing off for now. I will be back next week, and we will get back into this draft. Draft season is approaching, my friends. It is right around the corner. Thank you for tuning in.